Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Tuesday, August 24th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Some states, including Missouri and Illinois, are experiencing higher rates of COVID-19 in rural areas, which may be driven by lower vaccination numbers. Some farmers in those areas have received the shot, but only after a nudge from loved ones. My daughter's a respiratory therapist, and she told me I was going to get it, plain and simple. We'll have details on the effort to convince more farmers and rural residents to get the vaccine in just a few minutes. Some employers in Missouri are moving to mandate shots for all workers now that the Food and Drug Administration has given full approval to Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for people 16 and older. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports. Until now, Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine has been in use under an emergency order. Following the news from the FDA, Cox Health announced it will mandate vaccines for all employees or require them to get tested for the coronavirus weekly. Steve Edwards is the CEO of the system, which operates several hospitals in southern Missouri. This is that one last step, and I think for employees who are hesitant, um, this is that step that should give them the, the utmost confidence that this is safe and effective. The four major health systems in the St. Louis region have already announced they're mandating all employees get vaccinated by fall. But Quincy-based Blessing says the news does not yet change its current policy in which vaccines are encouraged but not mandated. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. The number of COVID-19 hospitalizations in Illinois has been increasing since early July. Nationally, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says the vast majority of people who are hospitalized are unvaccinated. Gabby Williams is a critical care nurse at OSF Heart of Mary Medical Center in Urbana, Williams says she was hoping to avoid yet another wave of COVID hospitalizations, and many healthcare workers are getting tired. It feels like deja vu. Um, the only difference is we thought that there was light at the end of the tunnel when they came out with the vaccine. And um, I believe because of some mistrust or just um, miseducation about it, and some people, um, they're just afraid. Williams encourages people who are still on the fence about the vaccine to speak with a doctor about their concerns. The International Institute of St. Louis is asking for donations to help it resettle 1,000 or more Afghan refugees. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, the organization expects to place at least 60 people within the next month. Those 60 people could be the beginning of the largest wave of refugees the International Institute has resettled in many years. But the organization needs help to make that happen. President and CEO Ari Obenson says the federal stipends his organization receives are not enough to pay for refugee housing, food, and other services. It's not sufficient to, to be able to provide all of these resources. And that's why we've, we lean a lot on the community to be able to help us close the gap. The International Institute reduced its capacity when the Trump administration sharply lowered the number of refugees allowed into the country. It is seeking donations in the form of cash, furniture, and household items like toothpaste and soap. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri Governor Mike Parson's decision to pull the plug on a special session for congressional redistricting could affect the trajectory of the 2022 legislative session. Parson is not bringing lawmakers back to Jefferson City to draw the boundaries of the state's eight congressional districts. 
That could prompt both parties to hold legislation hostage in order to change the map. But Senate Majority Leader Caleb Roden says delays in critical data likely made drawing maps before the regular session difficult. The Columbia Republican adds he's confident lawmakers can get redistricting done quickly. I think we're in a good place to, to you know, build some consensus, both with folks who are making the decisions at the legislative level as well as the you know congressional delegation. And, and I, I think we'll end up where we need to be. Delays in releasing census information have postponed redistricting throughout the country. Farmers and ranchers are trusted voices in rural towns, and because of their work with animals, they understand the science and value of vaccines. That could make them perfectly positioned to help nudge their vaccine-hesitant neighbors to roll up their sleeves. Christine Herman reports. When the coronavirus vaccine first became available for him in Illinois, Tom Arnold says he didn't need any convincing. He raises cattle, hogs, and chickens in Elizabeth, a small rural town in the northwest corner of the state. Some friends, they said, well, you know, we don't trust the vaccine. Other people still weren't convinced that the vaccine was the way to go. And I always felt that was a little cavalier. I felt I had no problem being vaccinated myself. After all, who better to understand why herd immunity matters than a herdsman? Being a livestock producer, I'm well aware of vaccinations and vaccines. That's how we develop immunity in our animals. We're always vaccinating the the breeding stock to pass on immunity to the little ones. The problem is that Arnold's among the minority of people in his county who've chosen to get the vaccine. Scientists warn under-vaccinated parts of the country are at serious risk, especially with the more contagious Delta variant spreading. Arnold believes the vaccine saves lives, but he doesn't think it's his job to convince neighbors or friends. He says it's too politicized. I just, I don't want to uh, get into a discussion on right or wrong. Plus, he gets it. There's just so much information floating around, he says it's hard to know what to believe. And he doesn't think he personally could change anyone's mind. Larry Lieb feels the same way. He's 69 and lives in central Illinois, where he's got 92 acres of soybeans and timber and raises a few cows and pigs. Come here, pig. Come here, pig. Lieb says he was a little worried himself because the vaccine was developed so fast, and he really only got it for one reason. My daughter's a respiratory therapist, and she told me I was going to get it, plain and simple. Unlike some of his relatives, Lieb says he does not buy into conspiracy theories about the vaccine. But he avoids those conversations altogether. It's their own personal choice. I mean, you know, on issues where they're set in their ways, you know, I mean, it's futile to try. Lieb and Arnold belong to the National Farmers Union, which has been urging its members to speak up about the vaccine in their rural communities. But it's not easy. Carrie Cochran McLean is with the National Rural Health Association, which is also hoping that more rural Americans will get vaccinated if they hear from trusted neighbors like Arnold. One of the hardest things about the vaccination effort is that it really at this point is almost down to those one-on-one kind of conversations and message sharing. And so he may not feel like his voice is much, but we believe that it's very strong and important. Ryan Goodman has heard the calls from the national level, and he's giving it a try. He's a cattle rancher in Virginia and self-described agriculture advocate. On Instagram and Twitter, he's known as the Beef Runner. 
Goodman has been using social media to engage with his followers about the vaccine. He says he's not sure he's changed any minds, but he's encouraged when skeptics who seem unconvinced return for more dialogue. You know, I'm a fan of saying no one conversation changes someone's mind, especially when you disagree um, on a topic that might be as hot or as political as vaccines and these vaccine programs. Goodman wants to see more farmers speaking up because in rural towns, he says farmers are more likely to be believed than even health experts. You know, everybody looks at Joe down the road and thinks, hey, you know, what might be his experiences on this topic or this issue or kind of listens to what he or she may say. Tom Arnold also sees himself as trusted in his community. He says he'll answer questions if people ask him, but he's a pretty busy guy. I'm already overworked and underpaid. There are other people I feel that may be retired or have more free time that should be doing those things. Meanwhile, only about 40 percent of his county is fully vaccinated. He says he doesn't really get why people are acting like the pandemic's over. I'm Christine Herman. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.